Good day, all. Welcome to a new episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want you to remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I hope this Saturday finds you well. We have reached episode five of this 12-part series entitled Acts of the Holy Spirit, Why the Church Has No Power. Now, we have reached chapter 12. And without further ado, Um, we will get started right away. Hopefully we can complete chapters 12, 13, 14, and possibly 15. If not, we will complete 15, 16, and 17 tomorrow, which is Sunday. And what I want to do is whatever we can complete within an hour, we will complete within an hour. So without further ado, let's get started. I am in chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. And we have another one persecuting the church. Those poor uh, Christians back in the early church, I tell you, they went through hell and back on earth. Verse 2, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Now, he didn't kill James, Jesus' brother. He killed James, the brother of the son of Zebedee. Okay. Verse three. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter, the apostle Peter. Also, this was during the days of unleavened bread. Verse four. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guide him. Intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. Verse five. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church, by his brothers and sisters in Christ. They constantly prayed to God for Peter to be released because he hadn't broken any laws. Now let's talk about uh, verses one through five for a second. Now, Largely due to his influential friendships with the Roman emperors, his name is Gaius and Claudius, Herod and Agrippa I, a grandson of Herod the Great, uh, pieced together with was uh, essentially his grandfather's old kingdom plus the region of Abilene to the north. He wielded great power over the whole region of Palestine, as well as Syria, including Tyre and Sidon. We are talking about Herod Grippa the first. Okay. He was horrible. Oh my God. He was horrible. Now about that time, Herod was Herod Agrippa the first, a grandson of Herod the Great. Now, he was reared in Rome, and because of his boyhood playmates, who later became emperors, he was granted rule over various territories in Judea until his kingdom reached the full extent of his grandfather's territory. This was back in A.D. 41-44. His persecution of the Christians may have been an attempt to, to curry favor with the Jews. Okay? Now... The martyr James, as I mentioned, was Jesus's disciple, son of Zebedee and the brother of John, not to be confused with James, the brother of Jesus and and the author of the book of James, who became a prominent leader in the Jerusalem church. Jesus had predicted his suffering back in Mark chapter 10, verse 39. You can write that down and study it later. Now. Why this pleased the Jews <laughs> is, is beyond me. Now, perhaps the persecution following Stephen's death, you know, back in chapter 8, verse 1, 
had escalated. Now, the days of unleavened bread, the seven days following the Passover meal were considered holy and not to be uh, desecrated by an execution, if you will. Now, verse four talks about the prison was probably the tower of Ant Ant Antonia, okay, which was at the northwestern corner of the temple complex and was the quarters of the Roman garrison. Now, the use of four squads of soldiers reflects Roman practice. Now, one squad of, of four soldiers for each of the four three-hour watches of the night, which totals 16, okay? Now, Passover refers to the entire spring festival that unites Passover and the Feast of Unliving Bread. Now, verse 5 uh, mentions uh, of earnest prayer, continuous um, Luke's F, uh, emphasis that that every step in building the church is due to God's blessing and supernatural intervention, which can only be pulled down through prayer by faith. OK, now let's pick back up at verse six. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Now, <laughs> now, you know, you cannot sleep if you are worrying. You cannot sleep if you are anxious. You can't sleep if you are not at peace. The Bible says Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and centuries before the door were guarding the prison. Okay. Verse seven. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in a cell in the cell. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm reading from the ESV today. You remember last two episodes I read from the uh, new King James. I have switched back to the, to the ESV. Okay. So uh, let me read verse seven again. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in, in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. So let me tell you, if, if God, it doesn't matter what prison you're in, if you belong to God and you know you are in there unjustly, God will get you out of prison. Oh, yes, he will. He will get you out of prison. Verse eight, and the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Verse nine. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. Peter didn't know that yet. He was still a little woozy from being woken up, but, but thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of, of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street. And immediately the angel left him. See, the angel's job was just to get Peter out of prison, and he'd gone home back probably to, to save and rescue someone else. Verse 11, when Peter came to himself, meaning he fully awoke, came to his senses, he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that, that the Jewish people were expecting, meaning expecting Peter to be killed. Verse 12, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, not Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay. He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, um, who, whose other name was Mark talking about John Mark, who we believe wrote the uh, book of Revelation, John Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying, verse 13. And when he knocked at the door of the, of the gateway, a servant girl named Rada came to answer, verse 14, recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. She was so excited, she, she forgot to open the door for Peter and just ran in and told everybody, Peter is at the door. Peter is at the door. Verse 15. They said to her, you are out of your mind, but she kept insisting that it was so. And they, and they kept saying it is his angel. Verse 16. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. 
verse 17, but the, but the motioning to them, um, with his hand to be silent. That's what Peter did. He was, you know, you, you know how people are holding their hands up saying, Hey, calm down, calm down, calm down. That's what Peter was doing. He described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He gave glory to God here. He didn't say, I'm confused. I don't know how I got out. No, the Lord had let him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Verse 18. You, you, you notice how Peter continued in his work preaching the gospel, huh? See, when God rescue you, when you're on a mission with God, he will make sure he provide all the resources. If you happen to be locked up and let me explain something here. It wasn't even against the law to preach the gospel. They were putting them in prison unjustly. Oh, we have some scriptures coming up about the apostle Paul here. Paul is going to let them have it. Okay. About locking him up. Verse 18. Now, when, uh, when they came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had happened, uh, over what had become of Peter. Now, no little disturbance mean that they had a huge disturbance. Okay. You know, they talk a little weird. Uh, verse 19. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries, meaning the soldiers, and ordered that they should be put to death. Now, he wanted to put those soldiers to death because Peter got out of prison. Unbelievable. Evil, which still exists today, even more so, existed back then. Unbelievable. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. Now, Herod is going to uh, die today. Okay. This evil leader, this evil king. Verse 20. Now, Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain. Now, the king's chamberlain is an officer who managed the household uh, of a monarch or a noble. Okay, this man was in charge of the king's house. Um, they asked for peace. Because their country depended on the king's country for food. Verse 21. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an or oration to them. An oration is a speech. Okay. Verse 22. And the people were shouting the voice of a God and not a man. Now here's where things get tricky. Verse 23. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and breathed, and breathed his last. And it, now this here doesn't mean that he was eaten by worms immediately. It, it means that he, you know, he died, was buried and his body started uh, the decompos uh, decomposition stage. And and you know how maggots develop. That is that's what this is talking about. OK, that's why you need teachers to explain this to you. But. Herod was allowing these people to call him God. Okay. The voice of a God. And he was basking it in like, uh, uh, the president of the United States. Now, um, remember I, I may include the dark side of America through some of these episodes here, but that is why he was struck down. He was in a position. Okay, you notice the people wasn't struck down for calling him the voice of a God. It is our responsibility to tell people we are not God. Okay, you guys can search through YouTube, Google, and pull up uh, countless names of so-called pastors and bishops who have dropped dead in the pulpit. Now this, but preaching, dropped dead in the pulpit. Why is that? Why they couldn't drop dead in their car? Huh? We have to be careful. When people start looking at us as being special or, 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 or being godly or godlike, because we are not, we are human beings all throughout this Bible. You will find when people start or try to worship the apostles, the apostle, the apostles stop them right then and there and tell them, I'm just a man, just like you. I'm only a man, just like you. I'm human. Don't you bow down to me. No, I'm working for God and he's working with me, but I'm not God. 
Okay. So this is why the angel struck this man down. Herod, the king. Okay. Now, verse 24. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Mm. The word of God increased and multiplied. Verse 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Now, that's the end of uh, chapter 12, but I want to uh, go back and talk to you about um, verse 24. Now, 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 the word of God increased. No, no power can triumph over the word of God, okay? And those who attempt to harm God's people will in the end face judgment themselves. And verse 25 talks about their service. Now, that is their famine relief journey to Jerusalem. Okay, if you can remember, that's what the service was about. Them bringing um, goods, you know, water and, and, and food to uh, help out the brothers and sisters throughout Jerusalem because of the famine that was taking place. Now, having completed that mission, Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch with Paul accompanying them. Now, let's uh, begin verse 13, verse 1. I'm, I'm sorry, verse uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Now, there were, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, uh, Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, a long, uh, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, okay, or the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, what Saul's name is going to change to Paul coming up, and and will not be referred to Saul again, because he has now entered the apostleship. Once they, he was commissioned to go on that journey with Barnabas, he actually was um, entered into the apostleship then. And you guys, I'm actually sidetracked doing something uh, for one second. Okay, now let's pick up. Back at verse 2. While they were worshiping, and the Lord, uh, worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Now the laying on of hands is um, actually commissioning them to do a service. Okay. Um, verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to, I think this is Cilicia. Um, my Google search for pronunciation says Cilicia. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. Verse five, excuse me. When they arrived at, at, at Salmis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John to assist them. Verse six, when they had gone through the whole island, as far as Papas, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar Jesus. Verse seven, he was the proconsul, the Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Now this is where the gangster comes out of Paul <laughs> in verse eight. But Elimus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, and that's written in uh, the ESV. Not sure if that is how is it, uh, it's written in the uh, New King James. I can't remember. Opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Verse 9, but Saul, who was also called Paul. Now, this is the first time they are mentioning his new name, Paul. Okay. Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. Verse 10, and said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy. Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? My Lord, Paul went off. Yes, he did. Paul went off. Now, let's talk about that. 
this verse marks the transition in, in Acts from Saul to Paul, which is what, what I told you. I told you guys that before I, I switched to my notes. Now that he is working in Gentile territory, the Hebrew Saul becomes known by his Roman name, Paul. He will be, you know, so named throughout the rest of Acts, except in, in maybe chapter 22 uh, and 26, which recall earlier events when his name was Saul. But from now on, moving forward all the way to Jude, he is named Paul. Praise God. Now, let's go to verse 10 and said, you son of the devil. You enemy of all unrighteousness, full of all deceit and villainy. Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Verse 11. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Now, this is the only time in the Bible, because I've read it throughout, that I hear an apostle or a man of God, especially in the New, T New Testament, uh, use his power and authority to harm someone because when Elimus, that's what his name was, was maliciously struck blind, the proconsul believed. Now you got to remember when the apostles and the, uh, disciples of Christ were filled with the Holy spirit, they were endued and endowed with power. Okay. Now, throughout Acts, miracles have, have a significant role in bringing unbelievers to genuine faith. Now, Paul, I don't know why he used his power to uh, make this man blind, but he wasn't making no good man blind. This was a horrible man, rotten to the core. You hear me? And a lot of the people on the pro council believed. <laughs> okay. They believed after they saw that. Now, the proconsul is a, is a governor of a, a province in ancient Rome, you know, having much of the authority of a of a council, uh, a governor or deputy council of a of a modern colony. That that's what that is. Now, let's pick up at verse 13, verse 13. Now, Paul and his companion set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem, verse 14. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down, verse 15. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. Verse 16. So Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, you know, telling people, hey, come here. Listen, men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. Verse 17. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, he led them out. He led them out of it. Verse 18. And for about 40 years. He put up with them in the wilderness, verse 19. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance, verse 20. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Now, you know where this is leading. It's leading to Jesus. He's trying to, he, that's what the apostles did. They preached the gospel. And I remember I told you during the beginning of this, these, uh, this series about linking old Testament, uh, scriptures and prophecies to Jesus in the new Testament. Okay. Now the apostles are making up the new Testament right now. The people didn't have these scriptures. We have more scriptures today than, than the people did in the old Testament or the people did in the early church, because as they were doing this, these scriptures were written and it wasn't written that day. When I say as they were doing this, I don't mean I, it, I, I'm not talking about them writing them down right now, right then and there. Some of this was written a hundred years later. Oh yes. I know that's a little shot. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that's a whole nother teaching. Um, 
Let's do verse 20 again. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel, the prophet. Then they asked for a king and God gave them Saul. The children of Israel were some of the most ungrateful people I have ever read about. I mean, God did so much for them and they disrespected God so much. They asked for a king and, and, and they got Saul. Okay. The Bible said God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. Verse 22. And when he had removed him, he is God. When he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. Now, God is saying this. If you know the story about uh, when Saul, when God allowed Saul to be the king of the children of Israel, Saul did not do the will of God. Uh -uh. Saul did everything contrary to what God told him to do everything. And so God removed him. So this is how David came about. Um, what did I stop at? I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. Verse 23 of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus, as he promised. Verse 24 before his coming, John had proclaimed and I'm sorry, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. We're talking about, we're talking about John the Baptist. You know how he came before Jesus paving the way. Verse 25. And as John was finishing his course, he said, what do you suppose that I am? In other words, who do you think I am? I am not he. John was telling the people, no, but behold, after me, one is coming, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Nobody is on the level of Jesus. I thought I'd take a, a little break right there and tell y'all that. Nobody. I don't care who they are, who you've read about in the past, who these religions are putting on pedestals, including Mary. Nobody is on the same level as Jesus Christ. Verse 26. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who, who fear God to us has been sent the message of this salvation. Verse 27, for those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. Verse 28, and though they, he's talking about Jesus. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. My Lord, my Lord, I don't care how many times I read this, study this, meditate on this. It still touches my heart to know what they did to Lord Jesus Christ. And he was there for them. He was there to give them salvation, meaning eternal life with God. But they rejected it. Oh, verse 29. I don't want to get sidetracked. We are already in within 27 minutes. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree, which is the cross, and laid him in a tomb. Verse 30. But God raised him from the dead. Verse 31. And for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. Mm hmm. That's who out there spreading the gospel. <laughs> the witness, it didn't matter. I don't care if you had an atomic bomb uh, ready to blow all the people up, honey. You couldn't change them about Jesus because they know who he was. And I know who he is today. I know my encounter, my personal encounter with Jesus. You can. I'm with Paul now. OK, I am with them on preaching the gospel here. You can't turn me around. Verse 32, and when, and, and we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this was promised and prophesied of the prophets of old. Okay. They're reading these, these, uh, books. Okay. In the synagogue, they read the set, they read the, um, the prophecies of the prophets of old and they read the law of Moses. So, you can't tell me they didn't come across some scriptures they just didn't understand. 
mm -hmm, about the coming of the Lord Jesus. So they wouldn't have to go to church on a Sabbath anymore because that's included in the in the laws of Moses. We don't have to do that today. It was never written for us. OK, follow along. Verse 33. This he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second song. My Lord, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. In Psalms. God talked to David. The Holy Spirit spoke through David. David knew who Jesus was and who he was, uh, um, what he was going to do when he got here. David knew about that. Verse 34. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He also spoken in this way. I will give you the holy Wait, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of, of David verse 35 therefore he says also in another song you will not let your holy one see corruption this means Jesus will never die again okay his body never saw corruption when he was in the tomb he was there for three days decomposition starts within the fourth day God made sure that he raised Jesus up from the dead on that third day Never to see corruption and he never will, meaning he will never die again. Resurrection represents someone who raises up that will never die again. Okay, that's who Jesus is. That's our Lord. That's our Savior. And he has given those who believe in him and what he did on that cross for us. And uh, if you really, truly believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead on that third day, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit and you will never see corruption again after you die from this earthly body. You will be raised up and in placed in the bosom of Jesus until that time comes when we will be given new bodies and we will be on a new earth in a new Jerusalem and God will make all things new, a new heaven and a new earth and we will never again see corruption. There will be no more tears, saints. There will be no more sicknesses. There will be no more hate like you see today. All of that will be gone. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 36. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep, meaning died, and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. This, see, David's body and his bones <laughs> stayed in the grave. What he's saying is David is not God. Get, David was not talking about himself. The very scriptures you guys are reading, David is not talking about himself. He was talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Who didn't see corruption, but David did. Verse 37. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. And I told you that before we got to it. Jesus, he's talking about Jesus. 38, let it be known. I'm sorry, verse 38. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Verse 39. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. He's telling them you don't have to continue in the laws of Moses because grace has arrived. Grace is free and grace is not a license to sin, but it's a license to free you from religion because religion cannot, cannot reconcile you to God. It can't. The laws of Moses can't reconcile you to God. Religion can't rec reconcile you to God. Being a good person, now, although we were created to do good works, that comes after salvation. But because you are doing good works, you are not reconciled to God. You still need Jesus. And we talked about that um, during the pairing of Cornelius and Peter. Cornelius was a good man. Rich man gave to the poor generously and genuinely, but he still need Jesus. Okay. Now, verse 40, beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophet should come upon you for not believing. That's what he's talking about. Verse 41, look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe 
even if one tells it to you. You can see the miracles. You can see people being raised, raised from the dead by the apostles. Definitely by Jesus, but Jesus gave the apostles the power to do it through the Holy Spirit. So that non-believers can believe. Okay, because most people don't believe nothing until they see it. And if that's what it took to draw people to Christ, that's what happened. Oh my God, that's what they had to do. They had to perform signs and wonders to get people to know that the power that is working through them is from is directly from God. And in the name of Jesus, who they crucified. Verse 42 again, as they went out, I'm sorry, this is our first time reading verse 42. Verse 42, as they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. So what they were saying, what Paul was preaching, it interests them. It's, it sparked their interest. And uh, verse 43, and after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Verse 44, the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Verse 45, but when the Jews, here we go, here goes Satan and his people. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. Verse 46, and Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly saying it, they didn't sugarcoat nothing. They didn't water down nothing saying it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, meaning the Jews, since you thrust it, meaning push it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, meaning the non-Jews with the word, with the gospel, with the good news. Now judging yourself unworthy, meaning that they were no longer going to share the good news to the Jews. Okay. Or with the Jews, the ones who didn't want to hear it. Paul is virtually saying to hell with you, literally to hell with you. Verse 47. For so the Lord has commanded us saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Salvation is for everyone. Saints, everyone. Verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed they were saved that day. You hear me? Appointed to eternal life, meaning they were saved. Verse 49. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Verse 50. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and, and, and the leading men of the city, the rich. Okay. So they incited them, the rich, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. Verse 51. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. Verse 52. And the disciples were filled with, with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now, when they said shook off the dust from their feet, uh, what they were talking about was uh, a spiritual rejection uh, to those who didn't believe. That's what the shaking the dust off the feet means. Okay. Now, guess what? We are going into chapter 14 and we are at 38 minutes. Let's see if we can get through this and get to chapter 15. Beginning at verse one, chapter 14. Now at Aconium. They entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in, in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed because that's the objective speaking the truth. When you hear the truth, you receive it. There are people today you can show them in scripture and because they are uh, so possessed and conditioned and programmed to believe uh, a denomination, they won't even receive the truth if you show it to them. I, I, I find it baffling me myself, but um, let, let, let's keep moving. Verse two, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers, poisoned their minds against the brothers, Paul and Barnabas. Verse three, 
So they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. That's when they say the, the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, signs and wonders had to follow to get people to believe. Okay. Some of them still, some unbelieving, and some of them who were filled with that evil and hate and, and, and wanted to cling to their traditions, honey, baby, tradition is something else. I ain't going to hell for tradition. When I, I'm one of those people, when I hear the truth, you know what I do? I follow the truth. I'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, I, I didn't know that. So now I know. So let me receive the truth. Uh, verse four again, but, but the people of the city were divided. Um, actually I just got to verse four. I said verse four again, but y'all know, come on now. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. Praise God for the ones who sided with the apostles who were telling the truth and rightly dividing the scriptures. Okay. Verse five, when a, when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, verse six, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country, verse seven, and they, and there they continued to preach the gospel. You couldn't get them to stop preaching the gospel. Okay. Verse eight. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. Here go another healing, another miracle. He was crippled from birth. And had never walked. Verse nine. He listened to Paul speaking and Paul looking intently at him. I want y'all to pay attention to this and seeing that he had faith to be, to be made well. Bang. There you go. Without the faith, meaning believing that Jesus can heal you, you ain't going to be healed. And that's the answer to a lot of Christians who ask me, why do some Christians don't, don't get healed? Why God don't heal them? Cause they don't believe. It is the prayer of faith that heals the sick and worrying can block your healing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Fear can block your healing because God is not moved by your fear. He is not moved by your worrying because his word tells us not to do those things. God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind that comes from God. But if you worry, he tells us not to worry, be anxious for nothing. But if you do the opposite, he can't move. Because the system of God is set up to where he operate through our faith, through our beliefs. And this is right here in black and white. And when we go through some other uh, books, you look, you are going to be surprised at why a lot of people are not being healed today, including Christians. Listen to what Paul says. Uh, and Paul looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well. Did y'all, did y'all hear that? Read, you can keep reading that over. That's verse nine and verse 10 said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. Verse 11. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying in Lacernium, they were speaking in that language. The gods have come down to us in likeness of men. Verse 12, Barnabas, they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Verse 13, and the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. Verse 14, but look at the response of the apostles who are holy men. Not prideful men who, who raising their hands up, taking it all in. Yes, I am a God. Listen at the response of Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas verse 14. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd crying out. Verse 15, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men. Did you hear me? <laughs> no, they say you're not putting that curse on us. We also are men of like nature with you. And we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Verse, verse 16 in past generations, he allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Verse 17. Yet he did not leave himself without witness 
For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Verse 18, even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. Did you hear what I said? The people were still trying to offer sacrifices to them, still looking at them as a God or as gods. And Paul and Barnabas was telling them, we are not gods. We are just like you. God is working through us. I'm telling y'all the good news in the name of Jesus Christ. These things are happening and you guys rejected Jesus. This is what the apostles stuck with. Okay, you got to put people in their places. Verse 19, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead, but he was not dead. Praise God. Verse 20, but when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. Paul rose right on up after that beating. See, when God is with you, can't nothing hurt you, but you got to stick with God's will. When you go off and try to do something on your own, I'm here to tell you, God ain't with you. He's not with you. God sticks with his plan and his words. Verse 21, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to, Ly to um, Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. Verse 22, strengthening the souls of the, of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And verse 23, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Mm. Oh, yes. Verse 24. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. Verse 25. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Attilia. Verse 26, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been com commended to the grace of God for the work that, had that they had fulfilled. Verse 27, and when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. Now, before we go into to, uh, chapter 15, let me talk about this a little bit. Now, uh, Paul and Barnabas uh, retraced their steps south, south through the regions of Pisidia and Pamphylia to Perga and the ports and to the port city of Attilia. Then sailed home to their uh, sponsoring congregation in Cyrene and, uh, and Antioch. Now, this time they shared the gospel in Perga. Attilia uh, continues to serve as a, a marina to this day. Yeah, to this day. And to the remains of an ancient uh, mausoleum still overlook the harbor. Now, the reference to having fulfilled the work links up with the Spirit's original commission at Antioch. Uh, back in uh, chapter 13, verse 2. It was perhaps during this time in Antioch that Paul penned his letter to the Galatians. That was back in A.D. 48. OK, back in A.D. 48. Now, let's see if we can uh, try to get through uh, chapter 15. OK, uh, verse one. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers unless you are circumcised. Now, here's where they encounter false teachers. OK, and where we have to uh, the, those who are leaders, uh, pastors and teachers and bishops and evangelists in the body of Christ have to take a stand. OK, but some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs, custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Unbelievable. Verse two. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, meaning they had a huge argument with them and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. Verse three. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both. Uh, Phoenicia and Samaria describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. 
Verse four, when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. Verse five, but some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the laws of Moses. Now, this is very important, saints, because we are not allowed to do that. You cannot commingle grace and the law. That's the Bible is clear on that. And I don't want to jump ahead of myself onto a whole nother uh, subject, but um, I have a teaching on that coming up. But if you decide to keep the law, you have fallen from grace and it's grace that saves. The law does not save the law condemns. So you can't do both. You are committing adultery against God. If you try to be under grace and try to keep the law at the same time, it ain't going to happen. Captain, it ain't going to happen. Verse six, the apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. Uh, verse seven. And after there, uh, and after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, you know that in the early days, God made a choice among you that by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe verse eight. And God who knows the heart bore witness to them by giving them the Holy spirit, just as he did to us. Verse nine. And he made no distinction between us and them having cleansed their hearts by faith. That's where circumcision of the heart comes in at, not of the foreskin of a man's penis. Circumcision of the heart by grace is what we are under. Verse 10, now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to keep? Peter says, we couldn't keep the laws of Moses and our fathers couldn't keep it. So why are you trying to make the Gentiles keep it? Okay, verse 11, but we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus. And you know, the apostles who were with Jesus when he, uh, before he was crucified and after the resurrection, they spent some days with him, no more than some people who had rejected him and then decided to, to receive him. Stick with what the apostles are saying. Okay. Verse 11 again, but we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. Verse 12, and all the assembly fell silent and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through the, through them among the Gentiles. Verse 13, after they finished speaking, James replied, brothers, listen to me. Now the apostle James is speaking. Verse 14, Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. Verse 15. And with this, the words of the prophets agree just as it is written. Verse 16. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruin and I will restore it. The, the, the rebuilding of the temple is Jesus. Jesus is the temple. Now God is not in a building. He's in man. Okay, circumcision of the heart. He's in man. He's not in a building. Verse 17, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who makes these things. Eight, verse 18, known from, from, uh, wait, hold up. Known from of old. Okay, verse 19. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, verse 20, but should write to them to abstain from the, from the things polluted by idols. These are the four things we are asked to stay from polluted by idols, meaning idol gods and any worship or sacrifices made toward idol gods. Stay away from that. And from sexual immorality, meaning we should not be having sex with anyone we are not married to. And from what has been strangled and from blood, the strangulation comes from animals that were killed by strangulation rather than a sharp object. We ought to abstain from that and from blood. The blood is that back in the paganistic days before these Gentiles became Christians, they uh, practiced in their pagan worship the killing of animals and making sashes out of them and selling the meat in the stores and eating that. We, we don't do that anyway. Well, I don't know if we eating it or not, but God knows that we don't know. But anyway, that is what they are talking about. Okay. Verse 21 for from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city, those who proclaim him for he is read every Sabbath in a synagogue. 
verse 22. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabbas, uh, Bar that's his name, Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers. Verse 23, with the following letter, the brothers brought the apostles and the elders to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Caesarea uh, and Cilicia, and Cilicia, I'm sorry. I, re I know I read fast, y'all. Uh, let me try to show down, slow down. Greetings, verse 24. Since we have heard that some people, some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions. Well, Paul is saying we never told anyone to tell you that you needed to stick and, and, and hold on to the laws of Moses because it wasn't given to us anyway. The Gentiles, it was never given to us. All right. And Paul is saying here, we gave them no such instructions. Verse 25. It has seemed good to us having come to one accord to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Verse 26. Men who have risked their lives for the name of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ, just to proclaim the gospel. Verse 27. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. Verse 28, for it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. Verse 29, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols. And I told y'all that uh, in previous verses a, a few seconds ago and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep them yourselves from these, you will do where? well. Farewell. Verse 30. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. Verse 31. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of it. Encouragement. I'm sorry. When they have read it, they rejoice because of its encouragement. Verse 32. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. Verse 33. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. Verse 35. And, but Paul and Barnabas remain, remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others aside. Verse 36, and after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. They wanted to check on those new Christians. Okay. Verse 37. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark 38 verse 38. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Meaning uh, John Mark had left them when they were in Pamphylia and didn't go and preach the gospel with them. Verse 39, we don't, uh, I'm sorry, verse 39, we don't know what Mark was doing. And there rose a sharp dis disagreement between Barnabas and Paul. This is when they split. So, so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and, and sailed away to, to Cyprus, verse 40. But Paul chose Silas and departed having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord verse 41 and he went through Syria and Sicilia strengthening the churches saints we have completed 12 13 14 and 15 16 17 and 18 will we will go over tomorrow which is Sunday um I hope you are being blessed by this series you are learning some things that the church is supposed to be doing um, this is supposed to be the operation of the body of Christ. Okay. You know, taking care of one another and preaching the gospel, leading people to the kingdom of God, um, through the name of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins and salvation, meaning eternal life with God. So I want you guys to say, stay safe, continue to practice physical distancing, um, wear your mask when you are out in public. And um, until next time, I am Dr. Kamala D. I will see you tomorrow so we can bring this stuff home. We are on the road. Have a great day. I pray that you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, please send your comments or questions to Talking Bible Truth. 
www.cd.gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because you feel we have been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now, until next time, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.